Well, we've been studying on Wednesday nights about the body, and I've certainly been enjoying. It's one of my favorite subjects because it really shows the relevance of every person uh, that's in the church, you know, whether it's here or somewhere else. And um, no matter, there, as my former pastor, I, I want to say my mentor, one of my mentors, would always say, you know, in the kingdom of God, there's no big eyes or little U's. Everybody is important. Everyone is important. So uh, that's why I really love this subject. But, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we can be really quick to write people off. And, of course, this is a very simple example. But, you know, if, if your hand was bothering you or your ear was bothering you, would you cut it off? No way. Uh, what about your pinky toe? I mean, it doesn't seem like it holds a lot of relevance. I mean, it's usually in your sock. Uh, it's in your shoe. Uh, it's on the very end, and it's smaller. But, you know, just for looks, I want it there in case I want to wear a pair of flip-flops or something. But I think even Pastor covered this a couple weeks ago. Really, your pinky toe is actually what helps balance your body. And if it's not there, you would have a very difficult time balancing your body. So, you know, we, we don't cut things off just because we don't see any relevance to it. Or uh, especially if it's that part of your body uh, is not feeling well or you've got an issue going on, you don't cut it off and do away with it. You do your best to nurse it back to health. You do your best to nurture it and get it back to health. And as I was thinking today, you know, today especially in this time, it seems that um, some things have filtered into the body of Christ. Uh, some wrong teaching, uh, some wrong way of believing, uh, things that uh, are detestable. You know, sometimes to hear them, very, uh, I just want to say very crude, very disgusting. Um, but even though we may see it that way, it's not our job to cut those people off. Amen. Just same way I wouldn't cut my pinky off or I wouldn't cut my thumb off or I don't even like cutting. I want, I want all my hair there. You know, I might want it short, but I want it all there. But what got me thinking about this was... Um, my pers in my personal time, and I'd like to tell you that, um, you know, the Lord directed me to do this, and I just obeyed and did it, okay? Um, but I enjoy walking around a specific part of town uh, that has a lot of historic buildings, and I just enjoy walking around. I love, I love seeing, I'm, I'm nostalgic, and I love old things, and... Um, I began to walk around this area, and there was a specific church, and I, I was just walking. But then the Lord began to impress upon me to, and this, this specific church has some questionable things that they allow uh, that we would, it wouldn't uh, agree with us here. And it, I, from my opinion, not opinion, but what I've read inside the Word of God, it doesn't agree with the Word of God either. But the Lord just upon, impressed upon me was to begin to walk around that church and just begin to pray. And 
like I said, I didn't set out to do that. It just kind of hit me one day. And it's like, well, instead of griping about what they're doing and, and complaining and, and uh, talking behind their back, why don't I just walk around this place and pray for them? And so I began to do that. And then the Lord impressed upon me to pray for the pastor. I did that for uh, two, three years. And two weeks ago, I got to meet the pastor of that church. Just odd, just ran into him at, a, at an event. And you know what? Even though this was what impressed upon me was as I was talking to him, this was all kind of euphoric, you know, because in my mind playing back of all the times that I'd walked around and prayed and believed and just tried to, you know, want to God to influence them, not, not for them to believe the way I think they are to believe, but to, for them to believe the way that God wants them to believe. You know, my righteousness doesn't matter. It's, it's God's righteousness. But as I begin to talk to him, what I begin to see, that deep inside, I could see in his eyes that he loved Jesus. I really believe, looking at him, that he loved the Lord. And I just thought, you know, if we're so quick to throw people away, and I, I, I truly believe that was not just a one-time divine experience, we begin to talk, and we begin to talk, and, you know, he found out where I am, and Pastor Susan and Dylan, and uh, he said, you know, I go by your place quite a bit, and I just said, hey, the next time you, you're by, stop in and talk to us. I'd love to talk to you, and he said, you know, I think I'll do that, and how that God begins to work things around, and how if we're quick to throw somebody away and disregard them, then we're missing opportunities that God might be using us to reach out to them to bring healing to them. So I wanted to title this, this tonight, or I believe the Holy Spirit wanted to title this uh, tonight, um, Consider Yourself. We've been, as I said, we've been studying about the body. And I wrote this, uh, we've been studying about the body of Christ and about being a part of, not apart from. Can we say that? Being a part of. Let's say it again one more time. Ready? Being a part of. You repeat me, okay? <laughs> Ready? Okay. Being a part of, not apart from. I knew you could do it. I knew you could do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And as you're turning there, I know a lot of this is probably uh, going to be redundant. As I said, you know, when, when you carry on with the subject, you can't help but repeat yourself a little bit. But I'm really thankful that God didn't allow me just to read the Bible one time. I'm thankful that he, I, got, I get to read it a lot. So if things are, they might seem redundant, uh, it's for your benefit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to be reading verses 25 and 26. We'll get to the considering yourself part here in just a little bit, okay? Are you there? Okay. Praise God. I only think Brett's here today. He said that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care. Say same care. Same care. One for another. 
And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. So what we see there is, uh, you know, like I give the example while ago, if I'm, if my hand gets smashed, um, my feet go into action. You know, if I cut my finger off, my feet are not going to say, I'll be praying for you and I hope it works out. <laughs> They're going to get to move into a phone, to a car, somewhere, something. They're not just going to stand there. So it's really uh, the same way within the body of Christ. Uh, when something happens, we as the body, we need to get moving. We need to get moving towards that individual. And uh, that, this is just something for me, and we'll get to this here in a little bit. When somebody calls us and wants us to pray for them, when's the right time to pray? Amen. Right then. And should you just pray a little patty cake prayer? Uh, no, we need to, we're going we're gonna to learn here in a little bit that there's, there's really, a, there's praying and then there's fervent praying. It gets down to business. But the reason we do that when people uh, call us and they want us to pray with them, it's because we need, or we need to begin to see it this way anyways. Uh, the reason we jump on that is because they're a part of our body. They are a part of us, and if they are suffering, it says right here, we are to suffer with it. Uh, if they're honored, then we're honored with it. Man, if, uh, if somebody's bragging on Pastor Susan, you ought to kind of puff your chest out a little bit, saying, I'm part of that, part of that body. I'm part of that church. And be not be proud, proud's a bad, pride's a bad thing, but to be honored uh, to be a part of it. Um, this has probably been said a lot of times, and this is going to go kind of hand in hand, because we, which was very fitting, we studied about love, and then we went right into the body. You remember that? We studied about love for a while, we went into the body, until I threw a wrench and talked about poor in spirit. But the <laughs> Lord, <laughs> thank the Lord, he got me, well, the Lord wanted us to do that for a reason. We don't do anything without his leading, uh, but I'm so thankful that he led us into this tonight. But I believe that the main fruit that we can show that we are a part of and not apart from the body of Christ is that we operate in love. Amen? First yes. John 3 and 14, it says, and you can write this down and read it later. You probably know it. After I read it, you'll recognize it. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. You know, if we, if we throw everybody away that doesn't agree with what we do, it says right here that that's how we know we have passed from death to life is because we love. And he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Now, just because they don't do things the way you think they should, and they may even be doing things against the word of God, but how do you know, how do you know how far down the road they are? They may not be as far down the road as you are. So why would, you know, if your kids do something, you don't say, hey, dummy, don't you know how to change the oil? No, Dad, I'm two. You don't, you don't say, well, forget that, you're out of here. No, you, you begin to show them and you begin to teach them out of love. Out of love, Dad. A guy said, uh, told, or I saw it the other day, he said, I don't get offended because I used to hold the flashlight for my dad while he's fixing the car. You know, how that, we, need to, we need to teach out of love, dads. 
but we need to teach out of love when we are in those conversations where there are differences, even if we feel like they're right, even if they feel like they're right, we need to be operating in love and let the word decide what's right and what's not right. Not your opinion. Hello? Yeah. Not your opinion or what you think, but what's, what the word of God has to say. Because we need to stay formable, right? If, um, if the Lord shows us something different, what do we need to do? We need to change. He said, He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. And loving your brother doesn't mean that you have to agree with him. What's the old, uh, you can be, you, you can disagree, not be disagreeable? Agree to disagree? There's two of them there. John 13 and 35 said this, by the, I love this, By this all men know, shall all men know, that ye are my disciples, if what? If you have love one to another. Not because you're theologically correct, or you're part of this organization or another one, but they're going to know, the world is going to know, all men will know, that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. And I know we know this. And I want to say this also, and I'll probably get to this uh, here in just a little bit. But I, wanted, I want to go ahead and say this. If, if, it's, if it gets repeated, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. Um, love is not always feeling. Right? Love is not always uh, involuntary. Sometimes you have to voluntarily love. Um, but that doesn't, it, just because you aren't feeling it doesn't mean that it's not love. Okay? You can love uh, even when, ain't, that's why when, I think it was either Jesus or Paul, I should have looked this up. Be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Did you know you can be angry in your mind? But if as long as it ain't coming out of your mouth, you're not sinning. The same, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know what's deciding whether you're in faith or not in faith? By what's coming out of your mouth. Not what's running through your head. And this is what I love. There's been some times where I could feel doubt so strong. But I refused to let it come out of my mouth even though I was feeling it. And that let me know that in the abundance of my heart... I had faith, not by what I was not saying, but what I was saying, saying what the Word of God says when everything inside of my head was saying all the negative. So it's always not about feeling. Um, love is like faith. It's not revealed by what I see or feel. It's revealed by what I say and do. Faith doesn't just talk. It also does. Love doesn't just talk, it does. We can say, you know, I love you. I can tell my wife, I love, I love you. But if I'm not showing love, I can say what I want to say. But my actions show whether what I'm saying is actually the reality. Just like faith, you can talk faith, but if you ain't doing faith, it's just talk. Faith without works is, it's dead. Shift gears here, and this goes. We're going to get to the consider yourself, 
And this is really just what the Lord, you know, you ever wake up and just boom, it's in your face. Just not a scripture, just a thought. Uh, true love considers. True love considers. The word consider means in the, in the Webster's is to think about carefully. To take into account. To regard or treat in a kind manner. I want you to turn, if you will, or if you have a device, uh, Galatians chapter 6. You there? Okay. Galatians 6 and 1. Now this is going about how we don't need to just be so quick to throw people away. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore. That word restore means to repair or mend. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself lest thou also be tempted. Verse 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. As I begin to look over this verse, and you can read something, but then you begin to continue to read it, and you begin to pray over it, and then God begins to start showing you things. That's why we don't need to be so quick to speed read the Bible. As I said last time, the quick scan, you don't need a quick scan Bible. You need to slow down and understand it, Bible. <laughs> but the word consider there really is, a, is a to reflect. And when we're talking about, here it says, he, he wasn't saying if a man was overtaken in a fault. He, he said brethren, he's talking to bre brothers, believers. If a man be overtaken in a fault. And he said, you which are spiritual. But let's, let's talk about this word consider, which means to reflect. And when we consider ourselves, what we're doing is we're trying, when, when we see somebody overtaken in a fault, what, we're, what we need to do, what we should do, and when I say consider, is to think, what if I were them? What if I was sitting where they are sitting right now? What if that were me? And I begin to think and write some things down. How many mistakes have I made in my life? I have been, um, I have been uh, privileged to get to uh, go and minister to uh, some people that are in places they don't want to be. And the things that they are where they are for... I know a lot of times when I go, it seems like they're kind of waiting for the judgment to come. And I looked at him and I said, the thing that you're in here for, I've done the same thing. I just didn't get caught. When we judge somebody off of thing, and we judge them on things that we have done ourselves, you know what that's called? That's called being a hypocrite. I don't care if you've gotten forgiveness for it. If you've done it, you have no right. We don't have any right to judge anyone anyways. Uh, Jesus said, judge not, lest ye be judged yourself. For with the same judgment you judge, ye shall be judged. Um, I want to stand before God and say, you weren't so quick to judge everyone. 
Now, I know we're going to answer. I get all that stuff. But I believe one of the things that God's going to look at us, and He's going to look at our heart. That's why Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they're going to obtain mercy. I want to be in that crowd, don't you? We're not excusing wrongdoing when we do that, but we're considering what if I was sitting where they're sitting, how would I want me to react? Would I want them people to write me off, or would I want them to reach out and help me? Well, everybody would want somebody to help you. You know, when I mess up, you know what the very first thing I start looking for is? I start looking for grace. I start looking for forgiveness. I start looking for somebody that will try to understand where I'm coming from. And sometimes we, we, if we're not careful anyways, we will start judging people and we have no idea where they grew up. We have no idea what environment they came from. We have no idea what atmosphere that they grew up in. And we make this judgment off of what we see when the reality is what Jesus is wanting us to do is say, he said it through the Apostle Paul here, consider yourself lest you be tempted too. Have you ever, has anybody in here never been tempted? I mean, because if you hadn't raised your hand, I want to shake your hand after service. I want to know what it's like to meet somebody that's never been tempted to do anything wrong. We need to consider when we're dealing with people, I don't care how wrong they are. We need to consider what if I was sitting where they are sitting? How would I want people to treat me? Because Paul said this, consider yourself. You better reflect you better think about it carefully. You better take into account and regard or treat these people in a kind manner because the same word that said all this said this, that pride will come before a fall. You know, when you say, I would never. Yeah. Hello. I would never do that. Never's a long time. Uh, you, we need to be careful what we say. But he said, be overtaken in a fault. That word fault, and like I said last time, uh, I'm not going to pronounce these. Uh, I'm going to spell them, but just so you'll know that I looked them up, okay? <laughs> I did my due diligence. Okay, P-A-R-A-P-T-O-M-A. If you want to take a stab at that, go for it. But actually what it means is, and I thought this was so good, unintentional. And see, we're, we're okay with that. But it also means intentional. You know, most people, they'll help people that have made a mistake, right? But what about the people that sinned on purpose? <clears throat> P-A-R-A-P-T-O-M-A. Like I said, I'm not going to pronounce that for you. And we're okay uh, with, with the people that have made mistakes. But what about the intentional sinning? I'm going to tell you, hang on to your hat. I have been tempted to sin, knew it was sin, and did it anyway. <laughs> Done it anyways. Knowing what I was doing, but I just said, you know what? I want to do it. Here's the thing. After all that was over, and you sat in, and you were like, God, dummy. You know, that's, that's exactly where the devil wants you to be at. His work is not inside the sin. His work is in the shame and the regret afterwards. That's where he does his work. That's where I thought you was a Christian preacher. See, you're, all, you're a preacher whenever, when you make a mistake, Kyle. 
your pastor, when, when people see you messing up, when I mess up at home, that's when my wife calls me Pastor John. <laughs> okay, Pastor John. <laughs> All right. You know, it's great that Audrey moved out. We got that extra bedroom now, you know, slide over. <laughs> We need a little comedy relief there, I could tell. But when it's done on purpose, because there's a lot of people that will look and they will say, didn't you not know that that was going to happen? Hey, you, didn't you really know what that was? I mean, didn't you know that you were going overboard? Didn't you know? And the reality, we've all done the same thing. We've all done the same thing. That's called being a hypocrite. And I love to, and, and I try, I do my best to get around people that show grace and mercy because I want that to rub off on me. Yeah. And I want to extend that to people because there are times that, you know, we do things and we make mistakes because we say fault, but a lot of times people do things, they know they're doing it and they go ahead and do it anyways. But I love what Paul said, you which are, spir- are spiritual, restore such a one. Yeah. There's a lot of times we write them off, they knew they were sinning. I don't feel sorry for them. Well, I do because I've been there before. And even in all of that, in the shame and in the regret, I was seeking for grace and I was seeking for mercy. And he said, he said to restore them. That's what Paul said, restore them. Uh, such one in the spirit of meekness. And that word meekness means to be gentle. Um, I've never seen or heard of a brow beating helping anybody. Now, I'm not saying they may not have deserved one, but it didn't help them any. It didn't make them change their mind. I've never seen anybody change their mind getting yelled and screamed. Now, they might have changed you know, what they were going to do, but they didn't change their mind of what they thought and what they believed by somebody yelling and screaming at them. Um, you know, you see that in a lot of preaching. I had a friend one time that was pastoring a church, he come to work every, every Monday morning, and he would say, boy, I stripped their hide yesterday. And I thought, man, this will be a part of that. You know, you go through hell all week long and go to church and get beat up. Nobody wants to be a part of that. We're, we're here to encourage. I understand we have to say some things sometimes, right? Just like my dad, he used to wear me out. And, uh, but every time, Uncle Ted, he would come back in the room and he'd say, the reason I did that is because what you did was wrong, and I don't want you to act that way, and I want you to know that I love you every time. So we can be aggressive a little bit if we need to be, but you don't ever need to go around and, and do that, be that way and not make sure that you're letting people know that you love them. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to start doing that to you. Uh, I want to keep my job. But um, the brow beating and the bashing, never, because we need to consider ourselves because we've all been on the side where we needed help. We've all been on that side where we needed forgiveness. And if Jesus was always extending the hand of grace and mercy, should we not be doing the same? I think we should. And he said to restore with the, he didn't say to restore with according to what I think about it. You know, when I met the, that pastor the other day, I didn't think about, golly, what a terrible, I didn't, I didn't say, man, what a terrible way y'all believe. Man, don't you know God thinks that stuff is an abomination? 
I just talked to him about everyday life. Uh, because I wanted, I was like, God, help me. I was sitting there praying, God, help me. I, I want to become this guy's friend. Not so that I can be influenced by what he does, but I want to be able to reach out and help him. That you work through me to help him. Not because I think I'm right, but because I want you to do what you want to do in them. So many times I walk around and say, Lord, fill them with the Holy Ghost. And what I was thinking was speaking in tongues and falling out in the Spirit. But really what he was saying, what I feel like God was saying through me was, they don't need the Holy Spirit that you think they need. They need the Holy Spirit that I think they need. That's the Holy Spirit that we need to be praying with him for. I'm going to try to keep moving forward here. Um, he said to restore with meekness, consider thyself lest you be tempted. And as we said, uh, restore, um, it said with repair, it means to repair or mend with gentleness. So I should restore with gentleness, considering how I would want people to treat me if I was in the place they were. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, that's a lot more peaceful life. That's a lot more peaceful life. And that's, I want to say this before I move forward. I'm not telling you to swallow wrong biblical doctrine. That's not what I'm trying to tell you to do. Or to be, you know, sensitive to it or try to be compassionate about it as far as in the sense of just the wrongdoing. But understanding if we throw people away, we never can't, we're never going to be able to reach them if we just discard them. But he went on into verse 2 to say, Bear ye one another's burdens, plural. That an S on the end, plural. This is going back to the body of Christ. And I think it was me and Dylan and also me and Rob kind of got on this the other Rob Walker. I talk about him a lot. Some of y'all know him. But we begin to talk about how communities used to come together and help each other. And, and I know we don't live in commune-type settings anymore, and not, not that I really want to. But, you know, that should be the part about being a part of a church is when you're having a down season, you got people there to get you up, to pray with you, to go eat lunch with you, to drink coffee, encourage you. That's the beautiful thing about being together as a body. And we should bear one another's burdens. And we'll get to how we do that here in just a minute. Uh, Jesus did not set the example of self-centeredness. In Matthew 14 and 14, the Bible says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And the Lord impressed this upon me today. Being a part of the body of Christ and loving the body of Christ begins with considering Considering leads to understanding, and understanding leads to compassion, and compassion leads to healing, spirit, soul, and body. I know that that passage there was Jesus was healing sick people, but when we reach out with compassion, there can begin healing can begin to take place on the inside of that person. Emotional healing, um, things that have been done to them in the past, uh, and, and it can begin to start the healing process in their lives. Because love and compassion, as I said, will lead to the healing in people's lives. And if we discard them because we don't understand or we don't understand them, and I'm, I'm not saying I see people as a goal. That's not what I'm trying to say. 
but I, I look at them as like they need someone that will show love to them and won't give up for no reason whatsoever. I'm going to love them no matter what. I don't care how embarrassing you may feel or how awkward it may be that we need to do our best to be in it for the long haul with our brothers and sisters in Christ and even people in the world, I believe, to reach out and show them love. Um, and this is really, I really thought we were going to talk about prayer tonight, but it all kind of come full circle. Is when true love is present, we can truly begin to pray for people. So turn to James chapter 5 and verse 16. And as I said earlier, I'm not, I'm not talking about um, just, you know, sometimes when people pray. And I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be facetious here, trying to be funny or anything like that. That's just not what I'm trying to do. But sometimes people see, like, when you pray for somebody, it's nothing more than just saying, you know, kazentite or um, I hope you have a good day or, you know, really sorry you're going through that, things like that. And that's not really, pr- that's, that's nice. <laughs> that's showing a little bit of, you know, uh, sympathy, but it's not, it's not really, pr- it's not praying. We'll get to this here in a second. Um, James 5 and 16, it says to confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. But this is the, this is the sentence I wanted to get to. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now the word effectual and fervent there is actually one word in the Greek, and it's really where we get our word energy from, which actually uh, energy is referred to like a hot and zealous that produces a result. And avail means can do. So I look at uh, real praying is a very fervent, a very zealous, and I'm not talking about yelling and screaming, okay? I'm not talking about just being charismatic in church. I'm talking about when I pray for somebody and they ask me to pray, we go back to considering thyself. I try to say, if I was where they were, how would I want people to pray for me? How would I want people to intercede for me? What kind of energy would I want them to be using when they were calling my name out in prayer? And so the Lord has really helped me in that area because when people call for prayer, like I said, when's the time to pray? Right now. And I've even had people. I say, let's pray. And they'll say, this is not the time or the place. Well, that lets you know it ain't too big of a deal uh, because I've been in spots where it's like, we, I don't care where we are. If you're needing an answer and you're needing God to touch your life, I don't care who's watching. But the time to pray is right then. And, and I know I'm not saying going to Walmart and make a spectacle of yourself and all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about the fervency on the inside of you. I'm talking about a fire, hot and zealous, as if I was the one that was going through that. And we've been getting calls and staff with people. And I mean, i just been trying to, when I'm praying, I just think about that person. 
and I think about how much God loves them and how much healing is God's plan for them. And if I was laying where they were laying or if that was my daughter or my son laying right there, how would I want people to pray for me? And when we put ourselves and we put in where they are, and I'm not talking about a bad confession or anything like that. I'm just talking about we put ourselves where they are and we begin to, you know, get intense Get intense because it says here when we do this, he said that's the prayer that avails much or that is the prayer that gets things done. So if there are, and I had to run this by Pastor Susan because I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. I needed some wisdom on this. And not that I was looking for an okay or I, I just needed to like, you're off. You're off here. So if there are prayers that are effectual and fervent and get things done, then there has to be prayers that are not effectual and that are not fervent and they don't get anything done. And I, like I said, I had to go and, and, and get a second opinion on that because I didn't want to get in here and just shoot from the, you know, from the hip and just say anything, but... That let me know that when I tell somebody I'll pray, I'll be praying for you. That is just religious jargon. That is just religious. For me, it's religious nothing. I'm, I'm talking for me. I'm not putting nothing on you. I'm considering myself. I'm not putting that on you. I want people to know when they call me and they say, would you pray for me? I'm going to take all the focus and the energy off of every dumb thing that my mind might be on at that minute. And for that, I'm going to get alone with God somewhere. And I'm going to begin to pray with a fervency because as a body, as a part of the body of the Christ, the same way my body is, if my hand hurts, my foot's going to go into action. Uh, or part of my body is going to go into action to get things done. When our brothers and sisters call us, we need to consider ourselves and we need to say, hey, they're part of my body and I'm going to get down to business and I'm going to be praying and touching the very creator of heaven and earth and be praying on their behalf. And I'm not talking about just praying religious words. I'm talking about prayers that get things done. And we know that the prayer that gets things done is the prayer of faith. Absolutely. James 5 and 15, it says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if, if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. They got faith to get healed. They got faith to be saved. Galatians 5 and 6, it says this, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor, there's that availeth word again, Circumcid neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. He could have just said just by faith. But he said faith which worketh by love. That's, that is the prayer of faith that gets things done because I'm not just praying so I can check off um, prayers answered versus prayers not answered my percentage I've had people tell me their percentage rate on successful prayers and I'm like uh, next <laughs> seriously their percentage rate I'm not interested in that stuff 
I think it's great if that's really happening for them, but I'm like, I'm not keeping score here. This is more about the intensity level of a part of my body that needs an answer to prayer, and I'm going to do everything, all my focus and my energy upon the prayer that gets things done. And that's the prayer of faith. And that faith works by love. The reason that I believe God sees that, that's love. That is love that just is magnified times a million. And I believe that gets, I believe that is a prayer that gets things done because that gets God's attention because all through the word he says, this is how you're going to know, the world's going to know that you're my disciples because you love one another. If you don't love someone, you're going to be like, well, Lord bless Tanya, touch her right now in Jesus' name. Man, that's, that's, not, very, uh, that's not very energized, is it? And I know I can tell by the way she's looking right now. If I come in her office and do that, she'd be like, if that's the best you can do, I'm going to go ahead and uh, call someone else. When we get down to business, why? Because it, man, means something. It's just deep on the inside of you, and it shows. Because if my foot is hurt, and I know I'm, I'm just beating a dead horse, not a dead horse, I'm going being redundant here. But when my foot is hurting, my whole body's focused. Whole body's focused. So when the body of Christ, anybody in the body of Christ is hurting, we need to be focused on that. And this is in closing here. And when people see our love and compassion and understanding and giving, it's going to add to the body. Did you, you realize that's what uh, the people are looking for unity inside the body? And, a re and when they come in, and um, I think Paul said they, if we're biting and devouring each other, um, the world looks at that and says, I got that out here. I got that out here. Uh, they're looking for a place that they can come in and feel peace and harmony and love and compassion and see people giving to each other generously. And they're going to say, I want to be a part of that. People say, what does that have to do with it? Let's look right here in Acts chapter 2. It says... Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And get this, and all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. That's how you know that revival's breaking out. It's not how many people are falling out on the floor. You start seeing people give to the point that I'm going to sell what I have and give it away freely. That's huge. And it says, And they continue daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. And get this, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. When they saw the compassion, when they saw the love, when they saw the understanding, when they saw uh, those people um, con um, preferring their brother over their self, that's what people are saying, that is what I've been looking for. That is something I want to be a part of. Not coming into a place and we're biting and devouring each other, talking about each other, unforgiveness. 
talking behind each other's back. These things should not be. This is the place where we're supposed to go to get away from that stuff. And I'm not saying we're doing that, but... Um, Holy Spirit doesn't give us just fillers. We're not filling gap times here. And um, I'm just saying, we better consider ourselves. We better, when we, look at, uh, when we look at other people and what they're going through and the things that they're facing, instead of, I'm too busy. I'll be praying for you. Um, well, you know, I hope it works out for you. Those are, you know, nice things, and I guess, guess they're nice. Uh, not rude, I guess would be a better word. Um, but when somebody will say, let's pray right now. Let's pray right now. Let's, let's touch heaven and earth. Let's, let's, let's touch heaven and let God show up on earth. And I believe because of that, that according to Acts here, the Bible says that people, I believe people were watching and they were wanting to be added to the body. They wanted to be a part of that. They saw it and it was special. So as we go out this week, even into the world, but also within here, um, like I said, the Holy Spirit doesn't give us things just to talk about things. So let's consider, are there some areas? It's okay. I mean, we, we, we get slack sometimes. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Uh, that we can start considering ourselves when we're looking at each other and trying to say, well, and Kyle, I'm not saying anything, okay? Don't. But I don't. Kyle's having an, uh, an issue. If Kyle, if Kyle's having an issue, Kyle's not having an issue. <laughs> if Kyle was having an issue, I'm going to try to say, look at myself, say, what if I was where Kyle's at? I can't say, well, I'm too busy. I don't have time for that. I've got five meetings today and a lunch and everything else. It's, you know what? If I was sitting where he was at, I would want somebody to take time to pray with me, listen to me, talk to me. Uh, you know, this is the thing about time. People say, well, I don't have time. You got time. Um, my former mentor, would all, he, he ran around the clock, and he said, I'll sleep when I die. That was his motto. But we, our time for people, uh, I don't like telling people, you know, everybody's busy. I'm trying to close if you can't tell. Um, everybody's busy. But we need to consider everybody like, what if that was me? And especially within the body of Christ because we're not just trying to um, attract numbers. We're not just wanting to fill seats. We're wanting people to feel the love of God and experience something that almost seems, and that's really what, uh, when people talk about the gospel, that actually refers not just to good news, it actually refers to almost too good to be true. And it's hard for people to think that that kind of love exists, but it does. So I just want to encourage you this week, and I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you this week, is consider yourself when you're thinking about other people.